Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving and meaningful and compelling. And when they shine, we think that gives permission to everyone else to shine as well. So I'm super excited to have a friend on the show today. I often don't know my guests, but I do know this brilliant woman. Kwanzaa Price is a fellow member of our mentor club. Um, I probably shouldn't say fellow now, huh? That's Is that politically correct? I'm not sure. But she's another member of our club of Silicon Valley, and she's terrific. So welcome, Kwanzaa. So happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and don't forget that I know you, and I know uh, you know where you work, what you do, where you come from, but they don't. So go ahead and go all out and tell us all about yourself. Sure. So um, Kwanzaa Price, and I moved to the Bay Area about 18 months ago from New York City. Um, I lived in, in Harlem about three blocks away from the Apollo Theater, the famous Apollo Theater. Nice. I got here after being recruited by the company that I work for. Um, I'm, I'm a health economist. Um, I'd been doing similar work in the New York, New Jersey area and got recruited by this smaller pharma company. So that brought me here. And like I said, I've been here about 18 months and still feeling my way around, getting to know the Bay Area, but, but excited to explore. It's so different. Can we just talk about how different it is, New York and San Francisco? <laughs> Let's just get it's real. so different. <laughs> totally. Totally. Look, they're both charming, both wonderful. They both have their pluses and minuses. But I can tell you, I don't know anyone who's been to both who would not agree with us. They are so different. So how awesome that you um, worked and lived and grew up around that famous Harlem Theater, or Apollo Theater in Harlem. That's amazing. Um, just such a great part of history, right? And here you are out in the Bay Area um, in the world's biggest, I guess I would say, I know it's the world's biggest biotech cluster um, and most pharma companies own the biotech. So I guess, you know, we're kind of famous for where you work. Uh, we won't mention any company names, but we'll talk about the industry being very prevalent here in our backyard. Um, so I'm excited, Kwanzaa, to help you, you know, get to know more people, places, and things in the Bay Area, and you can help me as well, because I've been here only, let's say, six years, and there's still a lot to explore and to learn. So welcome, and feel free to reach out to me or anyone in my network for help exploring um, new and fun things to do and people to meet. Tell us a little bit about um, what you do. Like, what does that mean, your title? Yeah, no, it's a good question, and a lot of folks ask. I, I actually was at a a house concert last night um, in Menlo Park, and um, I was going going around talking to people that I didn't know who I was meeting for the first time, and I was telling them what I do, and they said, "Well, what is that?" So <laughs> I actually had the same conversation last night at that concert, and um, so basically, what the Economist does, we analyze cost burden and quality of life. And we, we are, we're primarily researchers. And what that means or how we are valued by the company is we generate evidence to support the value proposition for a drug so that a drug can get access or so that a patient can get access to a drug. 
on via the insurance company, for example. Gotcha. How fascinating. And I'm actually relieved to hear that someone like you exists and that you do what you do. Um, that's really great. Uh, do you find that? So, so do you find that exciting? Let's just say it. Do you find that exciting? It is exciting. Um, it's a lot of, you know, research and, and a lot of reading and trying to understand competitors and customer needs. Um, you know, I've, I've, wor I've worked in healthcare for a long time, um, uh, more recently in pharma specifically. And what I do enjoy about pharma is that you really have to think about all the different players in healthcare. So obviously there's the patient, um, but then there's the, the hospital, um, there's insurance companies, you know, there's, there's other drugs, similar products to yours that you have to think about. So it's very complex and that makes it really exciting um, is that you have to think about all these different stakeholders and, and interests. I, I have to say, folks, what may or may not sound exciting to you sounds thrilling to me. I love that stuff. So I'm <laughs> a super CI, you know, competitive intel, and um, let's check out those me too's and let's make that, you know, unique value proposition shine. And I love research. I'm a data geek. I think that we uh, appeal to people with emotion, but then we better have that data to back it up, you know, back up our claims. So I think what you do is right. extremely fascinating. I know that you're not junior in your position. You're not the actual one to um, everyday, day-to-day -day operations. You actually should be managing people who do this. You should be, uh, because you're a great team leader. You sh I d because I know her folks, I can talk to this with credibility. This woman should be leading the team that does the, you know, head down, doing the research, checking it out, doing all the digging, the tactical stuff. Um, she's more of a strategist, I believe. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I would say that we, um, yeah, I work with a number of different vendors and as well as internal folks to do what I do. Um, so managing. So it's very like matrix. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know that you're really great at relationships. At least I, I like you and you and I get along our relationship. It's great. <laughs> So uh, I think Thank that, you. you know, a good transformational leader. Now we talk about that and we say, well, what does that mean? Um, transformational leaders, folks, for those of you who may not know what that means, that's when a leader like Kwanzaa cares about every member of her team, gains input, seeks feedback, and is um, very careful to show that she values each member's input regardless of their title or regardless of how long they've been in the job or regardless of how much they make everyone plays a critical role and she uh, not just leads by example but includes them as very collaborative that's what a transformational leader does well let me ask you on your journey uh, in pharma or even before you moved out here throughout your career what maybe has been your proudest professional accomplishment yeah that's a great question and i i think you know so before i even started working directly in healthcare i did a lot of um, nonprofit work. And um, I started off, I actually, um, one of my first jobs um, from college, I um, worked in Niger and in, in West Africa. Um, I was working on a program that was funded by the U.S. government, um, but managed by these different um, nonprofit groups, one which I was um, an employee of. 
And I, I was managing this $20 million project as a very, you know, young person <laughs> um, where the focus was on uh, food security, which meant a lot of things. Um, one of which is, you know, actually producing food, so teaching people agricultural skills, and then also teaching mothers um, along with their infants um, what foods were the best to eat to keep them healthy, um, what foods they could actually, um, um, based on their sort of natural environment, um, teaching them exclusive breastfeeding, and then also um, building roads and, 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 and wells um, wow. and teaching people literacy and numeracy skills so that they could generate income. Um, so it was a great project and, and definitely life-changing. Um, just being there, and I, I, I'm really proud of that um, because it changed my life pretty much. That is awesome. Let me ask you this. So I know a couple folks who are involved in parts of that, pieces and parts of that. So I know someone who is involved in helping um, women in underdeveloped nations create things that they can sell and generate some funds for them for themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I also know a group called Wine to Water that is involved all over the world in um, helping to bring fresh, clean water to underdeveloped nations. And they're very active and I'm very, I, I know those folks pretty well. So if you ever want to, you know, I don't know, build new relationships, volunteer, get involved. Um, I don't know, maybe, you know, even as a, um, just a volunteer, you know, help out on the weekends, whatever, let me know, I'll connect you with those folks. Cause that is, Oh my gosh, when you're passionate about something that changes the world, that is what makes waking up every day worth it. It's not, in my opinion, has nothing to do with the paycheck, although that's helpful and we need it and it's, you know, practical. Um, it's not what drives my passion. And it sounds like that, you know, doing great things or doing good for others is what drives you. Is that correct? Definitely. And I, and I try to bring in you know, my sort of passion and interest in, in working with, you know, vulnerable populations, if you will, and to the work that I do. Um, so yeah, that's, it, it, it really has been, um, it was really a great experience for me and I try to replicate that in, in the work that I do, um, nice. even in pharma. Yeah, I guess you could look at a mission statement or a vision and strategy and sort of take away what can be uh, transitioned to other areas in your life and live it. I mean, that's what makes, you know, we, we don't have to go to work every day and just, you know, do, do our jobs. We can bring other aspects or elements into our everyday work to make it, for me, gratitude is one of those things. So it changes everything. You know, um, even if I'm having a bad day, things aren't going my way, add a little dose of gratitude and you change your perspective and that day is not so bad. Um, so I think that you have a history of doing good things that you can bring that story, own your story and bring that to what you do every day. Who inspired you? Tell me uh, along the way, who was an inspirational mentor for you? Um, you know, really my, my grandmother. <laughs> um, my, my grandmother raised me and my two siblings when my mom passed when we were a young age. So I'm only a year apart from my, my brother and I have a, a twin sister actually, um, fraternal twin sister. Wow. And um, 
yeah she 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 raised us and she was actually taking care of you know other children in my family who also lost their mom um so it wasn't easy but that was something that she had eight kids of her own I should say wow <laughs> so used to raising kids. <laughs> that's amazing and, um, yeah she she migrated you know as many African-Americans did from the south um up north to the Washington DC area um she was actually on her way to dental school at Howard University but 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 got married instead that whole um, marriage thing <laughs> gets in the face sorry honey <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so but she she was a very yeah yeah she was a very beautiful woman um and just very loving and very very sweet and and still very tough at the same time i love you it know, raising eight kids and then her grandkids and she when she died she actually had great great grandkids um <laughs> so she really really inspired me just her she died so this is the thing uh, according to her birth certificate she was 90 but she would have told everybody that she was 89. <laughs> I have because one in my family like that. <laughs> That's it was so a mistake funny. on her birth certificate. <laughs> gotcha. So, so I have to tell you just a quick funny anecdote. Uh, my husband's mother is 96 and she's on Twitter and Facebook and she follows everything we do and all this stuff. Um, whenever he gets an award or does something, because she's like, that's my boy. But, you know, each year Twitter will send you like this reminder of people's birthdays. And we were getting these reminders mm -hmm. every year and not Twitter, Facebook does that. And we get these reminders and it would say, you know, Stella Baxter's 69th birthday is about to, you know, and it's like, she had put her birthday like 20 years off. Like she was trying to get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, maybe she feels like she's, um, you know, 66 instead of 86 or, you know, that's, I'm like, or 96, I should say. That's great. Good for her. The fact that she's even on social media is shocking. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. a story. And you never really know, especially way back when, you never know. Um, they kind of guesstimated a lot of stuff. Not everybody was even born in hospitals even. So who knows? But what a yeah, great yeah. So story. I think it's definitely probable. Yeah, yeah. What a good story, and that you got to spend so much time with her and learn from her and love her. Um, I I think that's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Well, let me ask you this: since my podcast and what I do for a giving, everything I do for a giving, not for a living, but for a giving, um, is all about how can women help other women and lift other women. So what do you think might be a, an easy to apply day-to-day -day activity or some advice you can give on how women can support other women? Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, looking up and engaging and speaking up on behalf of other women um, and promoting their work. There you, you go. Know, I think that's really important. Um, yeah, day-to-day, -day just, yeah, supporting other women and, and speaking up, especially in meetings, I think is important. Yeah, so when... Which I don't do very well. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not very talkative. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm very open to supporting other women, so... Well, we are going to get you to a place where um, people stop interrupting and that you start 
speaking up and when you do that if someone does interrupt there'll be a posse or a tribe of people who will step in and say hey i'd like to hear more from kwanzaa or that sounds a lot like what kwanzaa was saying you know hey bob could we let kwanzaa finish her sentence please <laughs> you know so um <laughs> We're getting there. We're working hard. We're getting there. The thing I can't tolerate, won't tolerate, will call out, just put a stop to it right then and there is mean girl stuff. So when women hurt other women, if you hurt right. one woman, you hurt every woman, you know? So um, I also think the other is true. When you help one woman, you help every woman. Um, well, tell us something right. surprising about you, Kwanzaa. Yeah. Oh, that's such a hard question because, yeah, um, I guess, well, here's just an easy kind of funny one. Um, what could be surprising for anyone is that I, I moved to California without knowing how to drive. <laughs> wow. Um, I've been living in New York and not needing a car and not driving. <laughs> true. That's true. Um, so I took this challenge. <laughs> um so I can I can drive on local roads now. Um, a year later, <laughs> you know the but traffic here is terrible. To the highway. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy driving here. Yep. Well, I think. Look, I'm yeah. gonna tell you. I grew up in the South, and we. I got my license at age 15, and I had a car given to me for my birthday. I was very privileged. I know I recognize it, and I'm grateful. But I'll tell you what, it was crazy to give a kid a license in a car at 15. That's just crazy. It's just crazy. So my son who is 18 is like you before you moved here. He doesn't, he doesn't see a need to drive. Like he takes BART. He's like all about public, public transit, biking and walking. Um, but I told him, I said, you know, wait till you get a girlfriend or wait till you have tons of groceries or what, you know, you do need to get your license. So let me ask you this. How, I know that sounds like a really tiny, uh, small, insignificant, surprising fact, but it is a big deal. How has having a license changed your your life? Yeah. Um, so it's just I don't know. It's 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 a funny question because in a lot of ways I prefer to be in a situation where I don't need a car, <laughs> right? Right. Um, where I can just walk for things. Um, but so having a car now, um, it, it, it makes it easier, I think, to integrate into just the community here. Um, I live in Menlo Park and there are actually not a lot of sidewalks. So even if you want to walk somewhere, you can't. Um, so having a car is, is absolutely necessary. And, you know, for those reasons, it, it improves your social life. Um, so, so that's the biggest um, sort that's of uh, or positive. So I would think, so that's a very interesting fact. It's true that we have friends from all over who come together once a month and they come from everywhere. And if you can't, if you're not mobile and like, there's no public, there's no BART in Menlo Park. So I'm surprised to hear there's no sidewalk right. there, or not enough at least. That's surprising to me because they're very progressive when it comes to um, being green, if you will. Uh, but for me, I would imagine I would spend less money if I didn't have a car. Um, because, you know, the driving to places to get things you don't need or getting more than you really need versus when I was in Boston, like you in New York, I was on foot and I would take the train and the, um, the T is what they call it. 
and I would buy like fresh market foods and just cook it that night. But now I have a car, I drive to the, you know, well, for us, we're military. So we drive to the commissary and we load up on like two months worth of stuff. And I just think that you have a tendency to overdo it when you have that convenience. Um, that would be the way it changed my life. Um, so I, I like that. Right. Yeah. It's unique to think about the ways that transportation changes our lives, especially since we have such a um, housing, jobs, transportation imbalance in the Bay Area. I mean, it's really a struggle. So it's interesting to me to hear of someone who's a grown woman who never had a license and now does. It's just unique perspective. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Yeah. Well, is, is there yeah, any, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, is there anything you want to share with us before I share your email address? Yeah, no, correction. I had my license, but I wasn't driving. So because I didn't need to. Oh, <laughs> so I had my that's different. Time, but I didn't use it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I was not using it. <laughs> well, that puts a new twist um, on the story because some of the kids I know don't even have their licenses at 18, 19. They, they, they just use the public right. system. But if you move to another place, kids, you're going to be shocked to find that it's not as easy to get around without one. So. Right. Exactly. Yep. Well, I think you're fascinating and I know you well. I, I would, I would say that you and I are in stark contrast with our being extroverts and introverts, um, but we connect beautifully. And if other people would like to get to know you better um, and maybe email you, ask you questions, get, you know, get in touch. So Kwanzaa is relatively new here to the Bay Area. She's bright, delightful, and funny, and a great um, woman in professional services or in business, but also just an awesome, awesome, awesome um, chick friend of mine. So if you ever want to reach out to her, how would people reach you? If they want to learn more about what you do at the pharma company, or if you want to be a mentor to someone, how would they reach you? Yeah, definitely. I would start with my email address, which is kwanzaprice at gmail.com. And it's just one A, so K-W-A-N-Z-A-P-R-I-C-E at gmail. At gmail. All right, folks, you know that I'll put all this in the um, blog that I write. We'll have some pictures so that, you know, we can get to know her. I'd love to um, have a little bit of a job description about what you do now and, you know, where we're going to put your um, headshot. We're going to put some candid photos so people can get to know you better. And then we'll put this podcast in there. And I'll probably have that ready next week. Awesome. Thank you, Susan. Thank Pleasure you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah, everybody, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.